0: Hey Hats family, so in light of what happened in Allen on Saturday, we wanted to take some time this week and sit down with Trace Jones, our student pastor, as well as Ivy Lasseter, our kids pastor, and allow them to have some space to pastor our people well. We hope this resource is helpful for you as you're walking through a lot of questions, a lot of confusion. Um, We hope it's helpful. Trace Jones is the student pastor here at the Heights Church. Trace, how are you seeing your students respond to the shooting in Allen?
1: Very viscerally.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Like Richard said on Sunday morning when he was um, talking about this during the service, the the reality is for so many of our people at the church— we live around, we drive past, we go through Allen on a regular basis, but we have a large number of students in our student ministry that live in Allen. Uh, one of our juniors uh, was standing in the brick before we got started on Sunday, and I just said, hey, how are you doing? And he said, well, not great. I was like, okay, what, what's up? And he told me that he was there at the mall when the shooting happened. Uh, and had to tackle his sister when they heard the shots and did not know where they were coming from, did not know if their lives were in immediate danger. They just had to react and respond and hope and pray. And that's just one of a bunch of stories of if even people who were at the Allen Mall uh, at the Allen Outlet Mall 20 minutes before it happened and drove off right before and or even just drive by it and live a mile and a half. And so walking in on Sunday, there was an incredible heaviness, but not just for our students that live in and around Allen, um, but for all of our students, because again, whether we uh, want to admit it or not, this is something that is happening almost daily, um, definitely weekly, it feels like at this point. And so um, they're they're responding to it very real, very raw.
0: And this is the difference perhaps that you and I feel as opposed to Gen Z. Um, We remember the first one of these, the first major one at Columbine. Um, But we weren't born into this in the same way that Gen Z was filled with this. It's contextualized for us because it's Allen, because it's right up 75 but one could make the case that the whole world is contextualized for Gen Z because they've had the internet. And so they felt Uvalde, they felt Nashville, Mm. to an extent, they probably felt Serbia as well. What is it like, how have you seen your students come to grips living in this sort of world that we're living in now?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Because, like you said, uh, we we don't know. We didn't actually live it uh, in the day to day reality that they are now. Uh, Much like in the in the Cold War days, they did um, they did duck and cover. Yeah, duck and cover Mm -hmm. drills. Right. The the security and the safety and lockdown drills that they do now were not something that you and I sure uh, went through. No. Uh, And so it's definitely something where. I mean, hats off to them because they are incredibly brave sure. for the fact that they, for the most part, don't allow the reality that this is happening very often in our world to um, cause them to live in fear and terror twenty four seven. It could, but but they don't. Absolutely. Um, and so, I just really think that um, the thing that they're feeling now more than anything is is grief, sure, um, and mourning it and. You know, we, we all had to deal with, when we found out about the news of the of the Allen shooting on Saturday. For me, we were sitting down over dinner before watching a movie, mm-hmm. um, and my parents sent me a text and just said, hey, are y'all okay? Mm-hmm. And so I had to tell them, oh, what, what happened? Um, and then I told them, well, no, we weren't there. Um, but then, strangely enough, as it would happen, my wife and I with a few friends were at Stonebriar Mall watching a movie when Stonebriar Mall was evacuated because Jeez. of the potential threat of, of an active shooter in that mall that same day mm-hmm. as Alan. And so um, the fact that, that they're able to walk through it and, and be brave is, is phenomenal, but the yeah. reality is that there's a lot of grief. And as I was sure thinking about how do we respond, what do we say tomorrow morning in our student ministry before we go to life groups, mm-hmm. I was thinking through man, who has a lot to say about grief in the Bible and for me when I think about grief I think about the Psalms and the Psalms weren't something that really meant a lot to me growing up but the older I've gotten the more I've lived and experienced the more I realize and these are wise words and and even from a guy like David who was God's anointed chosen leader for the nation of Israel, he knew all too well what it was like to live your life in terror and live on the run. Sure. And so mm-hmm. in Psalm 31, he wrote this, and, and it's a meaty chunk of scripture, and, and I would encourage you to read the chapter uh, on your own. I've cut out a few of the verses. No, but that, read that it. That let's hear it. Yeah, we let's read it. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Uh, so he writes this, verse 1. Lord, I seek in refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced. Save me by your righteousness. Listen closely to me. Rescue me quickly. Be a rock of refuge for me, a mountain fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. You lead and guide me for your name's sake. You will free me from the net that is secretly set for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand I tr- entrust my spirit. You have redeemed me, Lord God of truth. I will rejoice and be glad in your faithful love because you have seen my affliction. You know the troubles of my soul and have not handed me over to the enemy. You have set my feet in a spacious place. Be gracious to me, Lord, because I am in distress. My eyes are worn out from frustration, my whole being as well indeed my life is consumed with grief and my years with groaning my strength has failed because of my iniquity and my bones waste away but i trust in you lord i say you are my god the course of my life is in your power rescue me from the power of my enemies and from my persecutors make your face shine on your servant save me by your faithful love how great is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you In the presence of everyone, you have acted for those who take refuge in you. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight, but you heard the sound of my pleading when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful ones. The Lord protects the loyal, but fully fully repays the arrogant. Be strong and let your heart be courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. And I think that chapter is just so um, meaningful because I think there's three verses in particular That just really stand out and the first one I think is verse nine that says be gracious to me Lord because I am in distress my eyes are worn out from frustration my whole being as well Mm -hmm. and I think that that verse is so uh, pertinent right now because the reality is it is okay For our eyes to be worn out from seeing story after story after story, for our bodies to go into, uh, I mean, even on Saturday when I was walking out of the movie theater, there was a girl who was crying in the corner as opposed to walking out because her body was just overwhelmed with that feeling, right? And so it is okay to feel whatever it is that naturally wells up inside of us. If it's fear, if it's anger, if it's grief, if it's mourning, if it's um, being just completely distraught, if it's not even knowing how to process or even label what the emotion is that you're feeling, I, I really think that's okay because David himself, this man who was a man after God's own heart, who was saying all these words of, of I trust you, he still said, my eyes are worn out in frustration, my body as well, and so I just think that that's uh, really to hopefully something to, that we can find comfort in yeah. If david experienced that it's the same for us as well verse 14 he says though after saying what he's feeling with frustration he says but i trust in you lord i say you are my god the course of my life is in your power uh, and again i think that that is the natural thing that we have to encourage ourselves with and to to find refuge in is that our lives are always in god's hand sure he's the one who set the course of our lives he is the one who's predetermined our days it's in him we live and move and have our being we can face peril no matter where we are at any point in time right and so the reality is is that even though it may not feel natural for that to be our first response we have to walk ourselves through the process of spending time with him spending time with other people who will help point us back to the fact that at the end of the day, all we have is our ability to trust in God, even in these moments where our whole being is worn out. And well, why does David say that?
0: What's a redirect of our eyes, though? Yeah. Our eyes are worn out on right. what we're seeing day in and day out. And yet the call is to lift up your eyes. I mean, I, yeah. I think of that, that passage in, I, th- I want to say, First Chronicles, where, where the people say, we don't know what to do, yeah. but our eyes are on you. Mm. yet we're looking at this situation in front of us, this tragedy in front of us. We're confused. We're angry. We don't know how to fix it. Everyone seems like they have the the solution to fix it. Yeah. But our eyes are on you. Mm. Continue. I'm sorry. No,
1: you're, you're absolutely right. This is, that's what I was going to say, because in verse 19, David gives the answer for that. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. How do we put our trust in God, even when our our whole being feels worn out, he says literally there, he declares it at the beginning of verse 19, how great is your goodness. This was a man who literally lived his life on the run from constant threat and terror. And yet he still looked at God and said, how great is your goodness. And so like you said, it is that lifting up of our eyes, right? It is that coming back to God. And yes, but that's the other thing too, right? God is big enough to take on our anger, our frustration. Look at Job. Look at all sorts of people throughout the Bible who wrestled with God. Jacob literally physically wrestled with God. He is big enough for us to bring these things to him because the truth remains that he is still good and he is still God and he is still on his throne even in these moments. And and you, I don't say that in a way that should be making light or to— to try to make it sound trite Mm -hmm. but the reality is is he is still good yeah and so we have to wrestle with that idea of okay God I've seen your goodness on display in my life in all of these ways but and I know I trust that you're good but now God how can I still trust that you are good when this is happening all the time but the way we do that is by lifting our eyes up to to the Lord and the last thing uh, is just there in that last verse of Psalm 31, right? Be strong and let your heart be courageous, all who put your hope in the Lord. When we do put our trust in him, we become strong, courageous, and hopeful. I, I think about 2 Timothy 1, 7, mm-hmm. right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of sound judgment, yeah. right? Or sound mind. At, at the end of the day, when the Holy Spirit is living and residing inside of us, that's what he gives to us, Right? is the ability to have a spirit of power and love and sound judgment, even in the midst of those natural feelings of fear and anger welling up inside of us. And so how do we do this? We, we cling to him. And if we can't cling to him in these moments, then we cling to other people who can help point us back to him and point us back to that reality.
0: I appreciate the pastoral insight there. Contextualize this for yeah. me. Um Succinctly give me a way for parents to talk to their students who might be afraid to go to school? Mm. Or put it another way, what are some conversations that parents should be having with their kids who are not only dealing with this tragedy in Allen, but also really dealing with the reality that public spaces like churches, schools, Outlet malls are no longer safe spaces. Yeah. What does that look like in your student pastor uh, opinion for parents to be talking to their kids about these things? Yeah.
1: You have to have real conversations with them.
0: What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So, when it, so the nice thing about what we're doing today is that there's gonna be a part two where I comes sure. and kind of helps parents of younger kids. But mm-hmm. the reality is, is, is we deal with junior high and high school students yeah. who, whether you realize it or not, they're ready and they, not only are they ready, they desperately need people, their parents, who love the Lord to help them make sense of moments like these. Mm-hmm. And so when I say have real conversations, I mean genuine, authentic, tough conversations but the the key thing is that we can't be the first person to speak. Okay. We have to let them speak. We have to take on that mm-hmm. mindset that Paul calls us to in Romans 12, 15, right? He says rejoice with those who rejoice mm-hmm. yeah. and mourn with those who mourn, right? Or, or be afraid with those who are afraid. Sure. Uh, just basically creating that safe space for them to express that emotion. Yeah. Like, what they're feeling. Because the reality is, is our students live in a digital world. And one of the things that's floating around on social media, and it doesn't matter if it's true or not. One of the things that's floating around on social media is that at this point in time, more people, uh, the leading cause of death in people under the age of 18 is now firearms. And whether that is true or not, it doesn't matter because they're seeing that. And so we have to walk alongside them and help them make sense of the world. And the first words out of our mouth can't be political either direction. Mm -hmm. It simply has to be, I understand why you feel like that.
0: C.S. Lewis said a friend is someone who can say me too. Mm. That's how he defined friendship In Four loves. He said, a friend is someone who can say me too. And my mind always goes back to when Katie and I had our, our second miscarriage, I had two friends respond in particular ways. Um, One friend responded to me by saying, yeah, but there's hope in the gospel. There's, there's hope to, you know, one day you're going to see that baby again. One day, you know, you're going to see that, but God is good. And, and, but then the other friend said, man, that sucks. Mm
1: -hmm. And I'm really sorry. The power of presence.
0: It was. And was what the first friend was saying true? True. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was yeah. true. But I didn't need advice from afar. I needed presence from within. Mm. And that's always stuck with me as what it means to be a friend. It's not just diagnosing the situation and giving sympathy. It's stepping into a situation and living out empathy. And I think what you're saying is so appropriate here to where parents and adults in the church even to where... Before we try and diagnose, let's try and consider and step into this world mm. that is so different yeah. than what it is that we really live in.
1: Because and, and that's the thing, that's why we have to listen because students experience everything for the first time. Even the littlest things that we feel like we look at sometimes and go, why is that such a big deal to you? Mm-hmm. It's the first time they're that, experiencing this right and so they're they're processing this in real time they don't have years and years of experience to rely on Mm -hmm. they really are sitting here going how can a good God allow this to happen yeah and so yes we need to sit there and be able to say me too Mm -hmm. right I get that you're afraid I get afraid sometimes sending you to school Mm -hmm. be vulnerable be real meet them where they're at before you start pointing them because our job is then to point them eventually Absolutely. to a reality of the fact that this isn't what this isn't the world that God created for us this mm-hmm. wasn't what he wanted us to experience but here and now in the now but not yet the already, right? not, the, yet. already yeah. not yet not mm-hmm. yet right in the midst of that we're still left here to, to process that and so we have to just help them first process what they're feeling allow it to be a safe space but then redirect and point them to the truth and to help them understand that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You don't have a spirit of fear inside of you, but it only comes when we've done the hard work and the longer work of saying, how do you feel? I get it. And then moving through the process at their pace, not our pace, at their pace.
0: Thanks for your time. I really appreciate you and what you mean to this church as well as to the next generation. Thanks, David. Ivy Lasseter is the children's pastor here at the Heights. Thanks for taking time to be with us today.
2: Yeah, thanks for asking me. Your mom. Yep. You're
0: also a children's pastor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How are you processing this uh, tragedy in Allen? Um, how are you processing the, the wake of it? Um, let us get into your head a little bit.
2: I mean, it's a lot. It's heartbreaking, um, obviously. I feel like... One of my dear, dear friends just walked through um, really closely with families in Nashville that just went through all of this, and it's just it it just feels like this he- wave and wave of like darkness and heaviness and devastation, and I, I hate it for our families. I hate it for our kids. You know, um, it's a lot. It's a lot.
0: What do you say to parents when they ask you? How do I talk to my kids about this? Because it, it, this is becoming, it is, a part of our lives yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. What do you say to parents when they ask you, what do I tell my kids?
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> when people ask me, it's, it's, um, in it's the same question I'm asking myself. Yeah, You know, I have mm-hmm. a third grader mm-hmm. and a kindergartner mm-hmm. and what I've done is ask God, give me wisdom because I need to, to navigate this in a way that points people, points my own children towards God. And so I've asked him like, okay, God, what does this look like? What does this look like? Um, and what I felt prompted by the spirit is, Hey, be honest with your kids, be honest. That when they ask questions, answer it in such a way that's not overly graphic, they mm-hmm. don't need every detail, uh, but answer it in an honest way. That we need to be a place where our kids feel safe in asking us questions and also trust us to answer them. Yeah,
0: that's good that right. these
2: are opportunities where our kids see that we will not lie to them. That we're not going to make stuff up because we're afraid, but we're going to be honest. Um, When our kids ask us questions or when my boys have asked questions, you know, and I just respond in an honest, straightforward, um, I don't say unemotional, like I'm heartless in it, but I'm not laying out every single emotion for them in my response. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I create space for their feelings. Yeah. Or... Their lack of feelings. And let me, let me give you an example of this. Please. So on Saturday night, uh, my family, and we actually had a friend, uh, so another third grader was with us. We're sitting at dinner, and the news is on. You know, CNN is on. And my children can read, mm-hmm. and so they're reading the words that are on the screen, and they look to my husband and I and say, what is that about? And we just honestly say, well, it looks like there was someone that came to a mall and shot some people. And that's what we know. And I just kind of left space for question. Um, I think one of them asked, has anybody died? And I said, you know what? The news hasn't shown us that yet. So I don't know the answer to that. Right. Um, and I think it's it's healthy and it's okay to say, you know, I don't know the answer to that, I don't know. Um, and then they, one of them said, "Can we order some guacamole?" Hmm. And it's like
0: on to the next thing.
2: On to the next thing. Yeah. And there are there was a later conversation where there was a little bit more feeling behind that, but you know what? For a third grader and a kindergartner. To have those questions, receive those answers, and then be like, can we go play? Mm-hmm. is okay. And we also, as parents, need to give them the space to feel, to not feel. Does yeah. that make sense?
0: It does. It's a great point because it's something that Katie and I walk through as well to where Luke or Matthew will have a question about something that you know, is, is quite serious. Is quite you know, maybe monumental, and yeah. we're feeling the weight of it. And we're like, yeah. well, What are huge. we going to say? This is huge. Yes. we've we rehearsed yes. for this moment. Here yes. it is, and then they're on to the next thing. <laughs> Can we go out and play? So I think that's a great point to give them space to not feel yeah. that all your chips don't have to be pushed in on that one conversation, and to trust that you're going to have more conversations yes. to come. Yeah,
2: and in the days, a few days after. It came up again, and I, we we had a more. It wasn't a long conversation, and mm-hmm. I have boys, so they often don't go crazy with questions. Sure. I think girls <laughs> sometimes can feel different, sure. where they're like, "Yeah, what happened? Why did that happen?" Did it? You mm-hmm. know. And, um, but we did have some more space where there was feelings, like were kids involved? Yes, they were. You right. know, and there was more of this like sh- sadness, and when you you know what I'm sad about that too. It's okay to feel sad. I'm sad about it too.
0: Is it okay to feel angry about it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: God gives us feelings and for a reason. We're Mm -hmm. created with feelings and that's intentional. And so we have to give our kids the space to have whatever feeling bubbles up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And with that said, I think with... (laughs) We as adults also need to create the space for our own feelings. That's a great point. And they don't need to happen. That doesn't need to happen in front of our kids. Mm -hmm. Always, like, we need to have safe and healthy places for us to process what all this is. I mean, you and I, we're adults and we're seeing all of the news. We have access to a lot of the details. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. That's a lot. And so we have to create spaces to cry about it be yeah. mad about it ask God be with God sit with him in it um, back in the in during the Nashville when when that news was all surfacing you know it was third graders and I have a third grader and I remember like the night that it happened I just couldn't sleep as I'm like I'm, I'm gonna take my children to school tomorrow And I like tossed and turned all night and I woke up. I was like, okay, this isn't, I'm just, I'm going to get up. I got up early in the morning and I went on a run and that's like my time with God a lot. And I just ran circles around my boy's school and just pleaded with God. I asked him to show up in the lives of those families that are so deeply impacted in, in Nashville. And I asked him to protect our school schools Mm -hmm. but I was circling and to me I didn't need to put all of those emotions and feelings on my children sure that was I needed to find a healthy safe way to process that yeah um and I think that's an important part of this um it's okay for our kids to see us cry it's okay and it's okay for them to see us sad but our children don't need to be our counselors.
0: Oh, amen. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's get a little more practical, even. Because for us, um, for Katie and I, it seems like some of the hard questions, and I, I don't know if it's they're trying to avoid going to bed or what, but when we're laying down at night, maybe after we've read a story, um, after we've, you know, prayed, it's the questions kind of come of, well, what about this? What about that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you say to your child who tells you at night before they go to bed, mom, dad, I'm scared to go to school tomorrow. Mm. I, I don't know. We haven't had to feel that question yet for us, but I'm, yeah. I'm asking you that that's probably going to be likely for a lot of people who are listening. How do you encourage parents to encourage their kids um, when it comes to those types of things to where maybe there's some fear when it comes to going to school in the morning
2: well first of all there is the bedtime is a beautiful time sure it is now we as parents can kind of be done at that point yes we are But (laughs) it is a beautiful time with your kids Mm -hmm. because that is when they will just ask the most heartfelt questions. Mm-hmm. It's when they're kind of a captive audi- audience. <laughs> they want you to stay with them and talk to them. And so I'm just like, make the most of those moments, Absolutely. you know? Um, and the hard questions from our kids come like, mm. and my first piece of encouragement to you and is we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Amen. We have absolute access to wisdom that goes beyond what we ever thought imaginable. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments where you're just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know how to answer this. I'm telling you, ask God, would you give me wisdom in this moment? Give me wisdom. And I have done that time and time again. Um, that That's kind of my first thing. Mm-hmm. Second thing is, um, my boys have not asked me specifically, I'm scared to go to school tomorrow because of, you know, but they have been scared, for different things sure been anxious about a test or anxious about a you know this medical thing they had to do and um, and I pointed them towards God mm-hmm. that we as parents we don't have control we don't um, we want like to think we do we don't have control we can't promise them absolute protection we just can't god can god can and so when you point it to god and connect them to god um you're giving them certain answers Mm -hmm. now i want to read some scripture because i think too it's like uh, scripture is powerful and effective and and i and changes things so i want to read and if you're like driving in the car or just listening i just want to read this over um over you and just let it and this can be used at night when you're with your kids. How about that? Okay. I love it. Go ahead. So this is John 1633. This is Jesus saying, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in me. You may have peace in the world. You will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now. What we tell our kids is fear is a real feeling and you might feel scared when you walk into school, but because of Jesus, you can feel peace in really, really stressful times. So ask God to give you peace. I have multiple examples where I have done this with my boys. It's so sweet. You guys, it's so sweet. I have done this with my boys where it's like, yeah, this is scary to walk into a classroom where you don't know anybody. That's scary. And I'm not gonna go in that classroom with you but guess who is always with you God and God gives you peace that's the answer that is the answer Um, okay I want to read Romans 8 28 okay and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good For those who are called according to his purpose. And I love this scripture because we can look at the darkness and the horrific things happening in the world. And our children will ask us, why? Why? Why did this happen? And we can honestly say, you know what? I don't know why it's happening. But what I know about God is that in all things, all things, he can make good. And I, there are stories from Nashville that I know have come out where God has redeemed some really broken things. And I believe the same is true for Alan, that God takes the word, it makes no sense in our brains, like how could good come from this? Right. But what this says about God is that in all things, in all things, he is good. Okay, I've got two more. Do we Please. have time for it? Absolutely. Are we good? We okay, okay. Please. Two more, Romans 8, 37 and 39. Here we go. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation... Will be able to separate us from the love of god in christ jesus our lord we are more than conquerors there is nothing in the world there's nothing in the world there's lots of junk in the world mm-hmm. but none of that junk is bigger than jesus yeah we are conquerors we are winners we are victorious and to tell our kids that is you know what this is sad this is hard. I We don't like this. But what we know about Jesus is he's bigger and he's better. He's conquered it. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And I love that Paul is so all in with this writing, like writing through the Holy Spirit. He's <laughs> so unequivocal in this to where it's not in some things, but in all things, uh-huh. God works for the good of those who love him. All things. It's, nothing will be able to separate you from the love of Christ that is in um, his son. I, He's all in on this. It, it's not wishy washy. Mm-hmm. It's not maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. There's such confidence in the writing that he yes. gives that God gives us that it is something to hold on to, mm-hmm. something to grasp yeah. onto. I just I think that's really great.
2: And i I have done this for my boys, and probably I'm thinking now. I'm like, I need to do more of this. <laughs> so I'm not perfect. Just I'm not doing this perfectly. I'm, a, but <laughs> we. There are there scripture when we put it, when we put it in front of our kids,
0: mm-hmm.
2: repeat it, say it, have it printed somewhere. It has power. Absolutely. So if the bed is a, if in bed is a place where your kids anxiety or stress level or fear ramps up, then let's put some verses by their bed and read it out loud over them. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. It changes things. It changes things.
0: Well, Deuteronomy 6, put it on your doorposts. Yes. Um, yes. Frontlets between your eyes. Yes. I mean, this is not an idle word. This is your life. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I mean, put something on your kid's bed. Yep. We do it everywhere with Hobby Lobby decorations <laughs> in hallways. Why would we not yeah. put it on our kid's bed? Why would we not put it, 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 it on in our own rooms? Mm-hmm. I, I love that. That's great.
2: It changes things. Okay,
0: mm-hmm.
2: the last one Jeremiah 29, and we know 11, you know. Of course. For, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, mm-hmm. to give you future and hope. But this is the part that I want to call out. Mm-hmm. Then you will call upon me yeah. and come and pray to me. And I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And every single person. Every single person has access to call on the name of the Lord, to talk to an almighty God directly. It is a big deal, you guys. Yeah. And I think we forget that we have access to this. We have access to this gift and it matters and it changes things. We have a God on the throne that hears our prayers, hears us. And so the moments that we as parents feel overwhelmed, scared, we're worried for our children, the first response, the first response needs to be prayer. Yeah. Call out to a God who listens. And from that place, take action. Yeah. And I think some of us, and I will be the first to stand in line and say, yep, I have this tendency, I have this tendency. When I feel like things are out of control, things are scary, the world is a unknown, dark place that I am grasping for control mm-hmm. and grasping for ways to fix it. Yeah. And when we come at it from a place of control, fix it mentality, we, it, it can be sort of dangerous.
0: We can try to fix the wrong thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And when we first call out to a God that's on the throne and has all of the answers is the source for (laughs) all things. Humble ourselves before God and say, I need you to come. Mm -hmm. Heaven break through in this moment. Help me. Give me peace. Give me comfort and show me what to do next. There's such beauty in that. The world needs to see us being people who call out to a God before we jump to some sort of action. Does that make sense?
0: makes total sense because it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. More is caught than taught.
2: Uh Uh-huh. And to the
0: extent that the world, but also our kids see us praying. Yeah. And to the extent that we invite them into Mm. that prayer with us.
2: Yes. That's good. Yeah
0: that builds a supernatural world for them. Yeah. And they realize, wait a minute, there is a God who is on his throne mm. who was not shaken by any of this. There is a God who says, uh, it, the king's heart is is like a water course in his hand. He directs it wherever he pleases. This is a God who I can trust. yeah, not Because yes, mommy and daddy trust in him, but also we're paving the way for their relationship with him yeah. so that they can one day trust and fall in the same verses, the same prayers mm-hmm. that we stake our lives yeah.
2: on. Yeah, oh yeah, that's so good.
0: Anything for the road that you want to say um, in terms of what you're praying for, for the families that God has entrusted you with here?
2: I don't, it sounds kind of, I don't know if this sounds crazy or not, but I believe that in, some of the darkest things that God's light shines the brightest.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I pray that our families, my own family and our families here at the Heights, run to God like we've never done before. Yeah. Cling to God like we've never done before. And from that place of clinging to God, abiding with Jesus, trusting in him, then we are a light to to a dark world. Um. You know, I, I just, I feel like our, for our kids to see parents that not just, not just like, yeah, we do this church thing and we show up on a Sunday morning or, you know, but for our kids to see parents that, in no matter the circumstance no matter the hardship no matter what's going on in the world that we are people who cling to a god that is sent his son jesus because he loves us you know um yeah that's
0: great thanks for making time to talk with us today
2: yeah thank you